Hello everyone, Brad here, coming to you from the future. Hi, so, little bit of a content warning slash mental health warning going into this. Blue and I have a discussion on mental health and kind of what's been going on in our lives for the past few weeks. So, if you are sensitive to this topic or just want to skip around it, the times to skip will be between 3 minutes and 15 seconds to 33 minutes and 10 seconds. So, just wanted to kind of throw that out there and give y'all a heads up beforehand. Hope you all enjoy. Bye-bye. Okay, hello everybody! Welcome or welcome back to Be and Me Anime. I am Blue, and today I am here with the mag magnanimous? Magnan Is that a word? Did I make that up? I believe you did. I, I swear magnanim magnanimous <laughs> is a word. I don't know. It's Brad. Hi, I'm Brad. It is you. So yeah, okay. So uh, skipping all the normal things, um, I was about to tell Brad this story and then I was like, oh, I suppose I better intro this because this is something that the podcast needs to hear because it's stupid. Wait. So Wait. Magnanimous is a word. It is a word. However, mm. I did not know. That to you, I'm either considered a rival or less powerful person. Is that what it means? <clears throat> Generous or forgiving, especially towards a rival or less powerful person. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> uh, I quit. I can't. I can't take any more. I can't take any more abuse. I'm done. <laughs> okay, story time. Um. <laughs> Yes, yeah, stupid story time. So Brad was just saying, well, I just whacked my chair into my desk. And Brad was saying, oh, well, we can't have a podcast episode without you injuring something or breaking something. Injuring something. Injuring yourself. I am a something, I suppose. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was saying, oh, I have a stupid story for that. This is a stupid story. I was in the shower the other day, as you tend to be when you're washing yourself. And uh, I was singing, because that is what you tend to do when you're in the shower. Especially me, I can't be in the shower without singing. And I strained my tongue. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I've torn my tongue muscle. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I don't know how. I guess I was dehydrated, and then having a really hot shower made me more dehydrated. You know how like your muscles are easier to like tear and stuff when you're dehydrated? Uh-huh. I pulled a muscle at the side of my tongue, and so for the past, like, four days, the uh, left side of my tongue hurts. Hang on, let, let, let me set my phone down, just so I can... <laughs> Actually, you you deserve a full round of applause, let me, let, yeah. let me just... I was gonna say, I, I think this one's quite impressive, you know, of all of the ways I've hurt myself in the past, I think this one takes it to new levels. I am I am thoroughly impressed. Good mm. good on you. Right? I mean, I'm not saying that I'm proud of myself, but you know, I'm kind of proud of myself. I don't think I've ever felt so proud and shameful at the same time. <laughs> not shameful, ashamed. That's the proper ashamed, word. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> but yeah, so uh if I sound a bit odd on today's recording, um yeah, I hurt my tongue. More odd than usual. Uh, well, you know. Love you. <laughs> so, uh, outside of you breaking yourself again, how are you? Uh, uh, I have had a bit of a rough week. Mm -hmm. um, I was a bit sick over the weekend. I think I caught too much sun. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so, I, I had a, like, 
I don't know, a bad reaction to being out in the sun because I'm a vampire. And no, I'm just, I'm just British, so translucent. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I caught the sun a bit much and um, was feeling really quite rough. So I didn't stream very much last week. And I've actually had a really bad day yesterday as well because of my anxiety and depression, which is a lighthearted topic. We love that. Um, Yeah, no, I don't know. I just just have recently discovered things about myself and just like, I don't know, life that have taken some adjusting. And I've been off of uh, like antidepressants for a little over two years now Mm -hmm. and i was on them for so long beforehand from the age of 15 through to 20 so like my entire teenage to adult life at that point that i am still kind of figuring out how to live without them which sounds bizarre i guess to people who haven't been on mental health meds Mm -hmm. because they do change your entire thinking. They change the way your brain works and they cut off like extreme highs and extreme lows and just leave you, leave you with this middle ground of where everything's kind of just like level. Like if you're looking at like audio waves or something mm-hmm. or or like a heart monitor and you just cropped it so you cut off the top and the bottom and you just had that like middle section, that's all you're left with emotionally when you're on these kinds of meds. And they do that so that you don't experience the really bad lows. But to not experience the really bad lows, they also have to cut off the really high highs. And so it's quite difficult adjusting to coming off of them. And it's not like I haven't come off of them because I've cured my mental illness. I've come off of them because it's better for me to to be able to manage without them, which is an individual case. It's all case by case and person by person. But for me, it was better for me to not be on them and learn other ways of managing them, of managing my symptoms. And um, I spilled coffee on my skirt. Oh, poor Blue. You, 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 want, you want a hug and a towel to clean up the coffee? Oh, I'm kind of annoyed about that. I, this is clean on today. <laughs> Balls. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's clean on today, but is it clean on every other day? No, it's going to be coffee now. <laughs> Bleach it. Until I wash it again. I don't, uh, I am not bleaching this skirt, mister. <laughs> this is a delicate fabric. Then <laughs> just rinse it really delicately. I will do so. I'll hand wash it later. <laughs> I'm still grumpy about it. Oh, by the way, that was an ADD moment. Um, <laughs> uh, my ADD has been insane recently. Uh, yeah, everything is going nuts. My entire brain is going nuts. It happens cyclically. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of expecting a dip. I wasn't expecting that kind of a dip. That was... Whoa. Uh, <laughs> but, you know... What can you do, eh? Um, anyways, so yeah, I've had a bit of a rough patch of my mental health recently. But yeah, yesterday I went for a drive with my mum to try and cheer up a bit. During times like these, it's one of the reasons why I still live at home is because my mental health is so inconsistent. It's better for me to be around people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I'm at home and my mum's kind of used to it because my granddad was a paranoid schizophrenic and he had manic depression as well. So funsies. <laughs> so my mum's kind of used to it. So when I get in a low or in a panic attack or whatever, she does things to distract me. And one of the ones that she's done since I was very, very small 
was take me for a drive. And so yesterday when I was feeling really rough, we went for a drive. And that was actually really nice. And I was feeling so like anxious when I got in the car. And by the time I got out of the car, I was feeling a lot better. I was still rough, but I woke up this morning and I was feeling not great. So I put on this skirt that I really like and I put on my butterfly t-shirt because who doesn't love butterflies? And I did my makeup, which I don't normally do during the day. I normally only put makeup on for streaming because I consider it like a work thing. Um, Like I don't like to wear it during the day normally because I don't like the feeling of it on my face very much, but I really like the way that it looks. So I put it on for like when I'm trying to be presentable, if you know what I mean, and then don't wear it most of the other time. So, but I put it, I put some on this morning and then we went out into town and I looked around some of the secondhand shops and guess what I found in one of them? Ooh, what did you find? I found two typewriters that I am now seriously considering purchasing. Violet Evergarden has broken you. It genuinely has, because one of them I wouldn't get because it's stuck. My mum my mom actually learned to type on a typewriter, so she knows about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was helping me with them and helping me look at them and whether they're worth the price, because they're quite expensive. One of them's 100 Canadian dollars and the other one's 120. Mm-hmm. And so they're not cheap. And it wasn't like an antique shop or a vintage shop. It was just a secondhand shop. And one of them's like stuck it gets to a certain point it's got a jam in it somewhere so i'd have to take it apart and have a look at the mechanisms but you can't really do that when you're in a secondhand shop so i just kind of eliminated that one that was also the most expensive one so now i was left with this other one it was a hundred dollars it comes with its case and it's quite travel friendly and i was like oh maybe i should get that maybe i should get it because i don't normally get things myself so i thought well, maybe i'll spoil myself mm-hmm. um but it's quite 80s and i think i want something a little bit more retro because mm-hmm. it looks almost like early keyboards ah so it's like one of the smaller more like parallel mm-hmm. ones i guess yeah yeah and i'm I'm okay with that one i'm okay with it being smaller because i think that'd be really useful for like traveling because yes i would be that kind of person to take it in the van if i, I don't know if i've mentioned it on the podcast i probably have my parents have a volkswagen van mm-hmm. and i would be that girl to take the typewriter in antique van <laughs> in a vintage van <laughs> And get, like, I don't know, go for a picnic somewhere and just stop for a picnic and then just write a letter. Like, that would be me. I would do that. I have done things like that before. I mean, just for every day, I'm a weird person. I write with a fountain pen on a daily basis. It's just what I write with all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't write with, like, biros or, you know, other pens. Brad knows this. Yes. I am an odd person and I feel like I would be that, that girl to just have a typewriter and I kind of I kind of want that. I kind of want to live that life. I want to be that person who has a typewriter. You see, maybe it's just how well I know you at this point, but you're sitting here talking about this and you're talking about how it's odd. And I'm just like, no, it's you at this point. It's, yeah, not for me. <laughs> like, it's it's not... odd for everyone else, but for me, it's completely normal. Well, no, yeah. it's like just <laughs> because at this point, I talk to you more than I talk to most other human beings. So I'm just like, it's... <laughs> It's become like a new level of normal for me. It's going to take a lot to surprise you now. I think things that will surprise you now are going to be like, this person has, they write notes on like their phone or something rather than carrying around a leather notebook like I do because I'm bizarre. I'm sorry, what? Are you, are you throwing shade at me being odd? I am throwing shade at you because you're a 21st century technologically advanced person. And I'm here trying to figure out how to plug two cables in together. Mate, you're younger than I am. I'm broken. 
You're right, but you're still younger than I am. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I I think it's just that I have so little cares. I was going to say, I can, I can swear. I am allowed to swear on this podcast. Yes, because that's totally not what comes out of my mouth 90% of the time. I still censor myself. I don't, I don't understand why, because I feel like I, I don't know, I get the most laughs out of you whenever you're at your sweariest, like whenever we're bullshitting before we hit the record button. Like, that's one of the most, like, enjoyable bits about these recording sessions, and I'm sad they don't get recorded, because that's the bits that I want to keep. Uh, yeah, that's why I said that we ought to record early, because I had this stupid story about the fact <laughs> that I strained my tongue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you poor, poor broken soul. Uh, I'm such a... Weird things happen to me, and I don't know why. I just have an energy of attracting the odd. So, um, question. Yes. Have you seen the Disney film Holes? Like, uh, the Lewis Satcher book turned movie with Shia LaBeouf? Yes. Yes, I have. So has somebody in your family, did they not carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain? Are you just cursed for all generations? I think that is very possible. Okay. that That's just me trying to figure out your bad fortune and all this. That's that's the best I can do. Very, very yeah, it, it, it's very possible. I do not know. I would have to get uh, arrested for stealing some shoes though, to be able to figure that out. Although, except for the fact that I wouldn't go to a juvenile detention centre, um, I would just go to prison. You would get the guys on mooses coming to pick you up, is what you're saying. <laughs> I love the idea of the, the Royal Mounted Police just wearing, uh, just riding a moose. <laughs> they just pull up to your house, hey, hop on. <laughs> well, they are mounted. That is RCMP. That's what it stands for, mm-hmm. Royal Canadian Mounted Police, because mm-hmm. they ride... Moose, not horses. And beavers. <laughs> Sometimes I'm really sad that we don't record facial expressions because I just went blank. For, like, like, it's like you stop a video and you just get that buffering symbol. Like my brain is just trying to process. Oh my just God, said. that is the biggest mosquito I've ever seen in my life. What? How big is that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I need to find something to squ- I have a book. <laughs> oh shit, I missed. I'm gonna get you. Aha! Oh god, that is- Oh, that went big splat. Oh my god, that- I'm sorry, book. Oh, I got a gross stain on my book now. I like this book. I didn't even think about it. Uh, you know he's bad when it turns me English. God. Ah, oh, I've got goop on my wall now. It, oh, you better not have already sucked my blood, you little... Oh, yeah, I've got a smudge on my wall now. A big brown shit stain. Fuck it out. <laughs> I am so glad I edit this. Because <laughs> every bit of that's being left. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry I'm with you now. I'm back. Are you? <laughs> Did, did you? Have I'm to... not kidding though. That was huge, genuinely huge, mate. Like, like a its body was probably the size of a tic tac, and its legs probably the size of um quarter. That's like that's a giant mosquito for you. It, I live in Canada. Okay, they only exist for like three seconds. 
I I can't. I can't with you. I'm sitting here in this rant, and I'm imagining, like, the biggest mosquito I've ever seen in my life. And here, I've seen mosquitoes get as big as a fucking softball, okay? Like, that's how round they get. (laughs) You're freaking out over a mosquito the size of a quarter. It's big, okay? That is big. And I wasn't expecting it to splat that much. I mean, you smooshed it. With a flat object. <laughs> yeah, but normally when you, like, clap them, then they end up as just little tiny, like, body. I suppose you just kind of stun them to death. As opposed to that, I, like, fully smooshed it. Yeah, you, you just full-on smooshed it. Like, All Might would be proud of that. I just want you to know yeah. that. Ah, that's good. All Might I donated blood approves. today. Look at you go. I remember you telling me you are doing that this week, because you said this week's episode might be fun. Yeah, um... So, it went a lot better than last time. Last time, I don't know if I... I did. I, I definitely said on the podcast that they put the um, blood pressure bandage on too tight. Well, they didn't. Well, they did put it on too tight. But also, because I'm an anxious little bean, I can't say, oh, it's too tight, I can't feel my fingers. And so um, then I, it took me like 15 minutes to bleed because it just it was just too tight. It wouldn't come in through. So then she comes over to check on me. She's like, you're taking a long time to bleed. And I'm like, um, yeah, my fingers have gone a bit tingly. And she goes, oh, the blood pressure bandage is probably on too tight. Let me release that a little bit. And then my blood just went whoosh out of all of my veins. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then she took it all off and I had these massive bruises all down my arm, these blood blisters from where it was on too tight. I do bruise incredibly easily. Uh, but it was also my fault for not just being like, um, excuse me, it's on a bit tight <laughs> because I can't articulate. Um, so, <laughs> I like how proper yeah. you just got there all of a sudden. Um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me. I do do that though. Like you'll hear me talk like this when I'm with friends and that. I talk to other people. I talk to people that I don't know or people that are like older than me and that. And I turn into full-on Hermione Granger. It's hilarious. I don't know why I do it. I cannot control it. I genuinely think it's like a school programming from being in primary school in the UK. And then being like, speak properly to your elders. Speak properly to your teacher. Put your hand up. Say miss when you're addressing your teacher. It's like, you know, and because of that, it's like still in my brain. Well, I mean, that's... That's similar to how we are here as far as how we speak and whatnot. Now, granted, all of our shit sounds like this, and we like to say y'all and cornbread and biscuits and all that other stuff, but... Excuse me, ma'am. Yeah, excuse me, madam. (laughs) I always get so confused when people call me ma'am, because I'm like, um, what? (laughs) So, one of our contractors that's actually a good friend of mine called me sir the other day, and I was just like... You shut your mouth. <laughs> like, don't you ever call me that again. It's odd, isn't it? It's, well, it's, it's really like, weird. It's like any time any of my, like, really good friends that know me as Brad or Carter or in the case of one of my best friends, like, they know me as Bradford. Mm-hmm. So any time any of them call me Bradley, it just sounds like the biggest cuss word i have ever heard in my entire life like i legitimately cringe yeah no i full-on get that as well because obviously like my given name isn't blue it's not it's what it's not no it's not um biggest anime betrayals live on podcast (laughs) i know i know um but it's a nickname that i've had since i was like 15 16 years old 
and everyone other than my immediate family and I'm including all of my friends in real life like everyone since that moment in high school even people that I'd gone to school with before that moment like people that I'd gone to middle school with and stuff ever since that particular moment in high school when I was called blue for the first time every one of them just adopted it and now it's like I if if I'm called by my given name and you're not my family it's odd (laughs) it's really weird (laughs) I'm sure for you, even more so, like, it's much more of a cringe moment. Yeah. I actually prefer it being called Blue, because um, my given name doesn't have any, like, hard sounds in it. So I hear it everywhere. Like, just when people are, like, mumbling out in the street, it always sounds like my name. Mm-hmm. And so for, like, the first 15 years of my life, I would just be walking down the street and think that people were talking to me all the time. Like, all the time. And uh, it was really, it was really difficult. Like I'm not gonna lie, it was, it's not fun. Well, I feel like me. anyone who, I grew up <laughs> yeah. in Bradley County. There's a high school here called Bradley High School, which I didn't go mm-hmm. to, by the way. <laughs> so my entire life, I've had to like listen to people talk about Bradley and me just like turn my head and be like, what, what, yeah, what are you actually, talking about? <laughs> there's a city out here that's the same name as my given name as uh-huh. well. So if you if you do some googling, you might be able to discover it, figure it out. But um, yeah, no name redacted, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't mind if people find out about um, uh, if you guys find out about my first name. But it would be very odd if you started calling me it um, because yeah, no, odd. <laughs> that is reserved for family. Well, it's like those random tangents for where, especially on stream, where you'll <laughs> like you'll call me Bradley. I guess to try mm. to get under my skin, I'm just like, I d- 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 don't make me. <laughs> don't make me. I will call. I have the revenge. <laughs> I do. I do have I the have revenge. I have the Uno reverse. And yet I've I've never dropped that card on you. You haven't. When you do for the first time, it is, you're going to just see like sheer stun <laughs> on my face. It's going to be, I'm going to like have to take a second to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I hope it happens on stream because I'm going to use like the Twitch highlight thingy just to like really just clap attention to it. But yeah, today we're actually discovering, weathering, discovering, discussing. (laughs) Well, you discovered it. You discovered it today, yesterday. When did you watch it? I watched it today after I got home. I am very excited to hear your thoughts on this because I went to go see this in theaters in January and I... Mm -hmm. I absolutely adored it. <clears throat> I remember messaging yes. Blue after I got out of theaters. I was just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. This is truly a masterpiece as far as animation is concerned. Like there is nothing on the market that can outclass the animation that's in this, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Like I was. I really, th- yeah, it's very beautiful. Like, as somebody who does digital art and everything, I was basically just drooling <laughs> all during this film every time I've yeah. watched it. Yeah, there's a couple specific parts of the animation that I want to bring up with you. Mm-hmm. But before we fully get into all of that, I've discussed my week, but how have you been? Uh, Very similar to yours. So I'm... I'm very much like you. Like, since I was about 14, I've been dealing with very severe anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go into the whole backstory of what happened 10 years ago, because that's 
I'm not in the mood <laughs> to discuss yeah, that heavy. on the podcast. Um, yeah, and we don't get that heavy around here, or I try not to. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so I've been dealing with that. And ever since I've moved back <clears throat> for very specific reasons or the other, I've been getting back kind of in that hole, and I've been trying to do everything I can to get out of it. And this past week, I've been – yeah, so especially for the past like couple weeks, I've been – very much getting back in that hole of, and I'm talking about the deep hole that I was in about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I've never been so tired in my life. Like mm-hmm. the face that I've put on at work and especially around friends and family and everything. Like it's been, I can't remember the last time I was this exhausted from trying to seem happy <laughs> and everything else going on. Mm-hmm. It's been, oh boy. But that's why, I mean, I'm very thankful for this podcast and everything else because it gives me a time to just sit down and talk about things that I really enjoy. And especially this topic, it was just, oh, it came at a Need perfect it. time. I needed this yeah. more than mm-hmm. anything. I needed to just be able to sit down for about four hours in total between mm-hmm. both watchings of this film and just kind of step away and just be transported into a world of just, oh, it is so needed. I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so without rehashing a lot of what you said, it's been a week. But Mm. life gets better, it goes on, and eventually I will dig myself out of this fucking hole. That's the thing, is that the the times that we go through like this are so (laughs) crap. and, And it's really easy to get absorbed in that. And of course you need to feel those feelings, like those feelings that you go through when you're having a down day. You need to feel them. Like those, they're there for a reason, but you just can't dwell on them. And that effort it takes to say, okay, I felt this and I'm, I'm done with this feeling now. Let's, let's move on. That amount of effort is unprecedented. I don't think I've ever experienced anything that is as difficult as being like, okay, felt this emotion. I'm good with it. Let's let's move on now. Like that and it's a conscious decision. You have to do that consciously. It's not something that you can just do subconsciously and just be like, "Ah, oh, well, I'll get over it at some point." Because if you do that, it's just going to keep coming back and you're going to have to keep facing it again and it gets exhausting. And you have to just put stuff behind you actively. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a lot. <laughs> and it's one of those things to where every case is different. Everybody mm-hmm. has to kind of deal with everything in their own way. I Mm -hmm. tried the medication route and it's what drove me to the event of a decade ago. So it's been Mm -hmm. me just learning how to deal with it without it. And so Mm -hmm. I, I'm very much aware of what's kind of dragging me down and kind of putting me into this point. And so therefore I'm somewhat aware of what it's going to take to get me out of it. Mm -hmm. And I know it's going to, a lot of it just takes time and, Really, I'm doing everything that I can right now to try to dig myself out of it, surrounding myself with friends, doing things that I enjoy. I've watched mm-hmm. so much anime. <laughs> but I've done quite a lot of painting. You have. Dear mm-hmm. Lord, like to those who aren't aware of Blue's art, go check out her Instagram for a lot of this stuff, especially her paintings. My goodness. Or her Discord. Links on the website. Mm-hmm. Go look at the shit. It's... Uh, like, you and your art, especially for somebody that stepped away from it for so long, just, mm-hmm. 
continue to absolutely blow me away in every way imaginable, especially your painting. Like, my goodness, that is, I know I talked about being able to paint, but (laughs) fam. (laughs) That's really sweet of you. Yeah, no, I've been using art therapy a lot recently and I've really been enjoying it. I haven't painted since I was like 17. I don't know, a long time ago. I do sketches. But yeah, no, I've 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 just been enjoying doing it, and I <laughs> I've been turning them into TikToks, which is is hilarious for me because the audio that you can use to put over them is just freaking funny. So I did this one of a pelican yesterday, and I used this audio of um, Hank Green talking about the fact that he found an account on TikTok that is birds aren't real conspiracy theorists. He posted one video like three days ago and has like thousands of followers and so it's just the audio of him just like marveling at the fact that this account that has that's a, a conspiracy theory account about birds aren't real so uh, has posted one video and has got so many followers and that audio made me made me laugh so much that it inspired me to do a painting and so i i paint i painted a bird uh, a pelican and and then put that audio over the top and so it's a, a really nice i don't know i think it's a nice video of of a bird being painted and then just this audio of a guy ranting about the fact that there's a bird's unreal conspiracy theory page that has a bunch of followers and it makes me laugh a lot so there's a lot of conspiracy theories i can get behind <laughs> but i have never face palmed so hard until a friend of mine you know who you are because you listen to this told me about this i, I just yeah the government a, spies didn't you know that yeah and that's the thing that's that's why covid happened that's why they've been putting people in their homes i gotta change the fucking batteries <laughs> A conspiracy inside of a conspiracy, because why not? Uh, It's class. That is class. It makes me laugh so much. It Um, does. Like, I'm so tickled by that being a legitimate thing. I'm just... I can't. Oh. But... And I'm sure with all the stuff that you've... Like with the carpal tunnel and everything, I'm sure painting has probably been a little bit easier on you than actually sketching for hours. Yeah, well, each painting takes me probably two to three hours, whereas my sketches can take anywhere from between five to about nine, usually around seven hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so it's it's a lot faster and a lot less intricate, a lot less strokes. Mm-hmm. Um and because I also take breaks to let things dry with uh, with the painting as well, I'm also giving my wrist a chance to heal. I did attempt to paint while wearing my wrist brace, um, but I just got my wrist brace covered in paint. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world, where everything mm-hmm. is absolutely fucking covered in paint. <laughs> yep. Yeah, my I've got a wooden desk that I, I do all my paintings on, and mm-hmm. I've decided that I'm not going to clean it off anymore. I'm just going to let it slowly get covered in paint. And I'm really liking how it's turning out so far, and I'm excited to see it in, like, six months from now. Just mm-hmm. be, like, bits of wood peeking through every now and again, but the rest of it is just sheer paint. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have to make a time lapse, like, every time after you're done painting, take a photo of it. Oh, that's such a good idea. And just slowly, over time, just, like, get to... 
and you can just make a time-lapse footage out of it. I think that would be nifty. That is such a good idea. I'll have to do that. Haha, sometimes I have good ideas. You do. You do, you do. Very few we, and far between. We got so distracted then. Did we? I have no clue what we were talking about. That We had a story that we were telling. Mm, story? We were telling a story? Um, Back to the point I was making that I can remember. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but to anybody who deals with this shit, no, you're not alone by any means. My mailbox is always open. DMs is always open. If you need help or just somebody to talk to, your boy is here. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And there are specific hotlines with trained people, and those people are very nice, I promise. And um, if you feel like you need to call someone, is just go ahead and do it. Like, there's, there's, there's no pressure on it, you know? Mm-hmm. You can hang up at any point if you feel uncomfortable or... Or anything, you know, I, f- I feel like there's a lot of um, stigma around it, uh, and, and there shouldn't be. So if you need to just ring someone, have someone to talk to you, it doesn't, you don't have to be feeling really, 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 really bad to call. You know, you can be feeling that, but you can also just be feeling a bit down. They are there for that as well, you mm-hmm. know? So I feel like in our heads we put it as like, oh, well, I'm not at that point yet, so I can't call. It's like, yes, you can. You can still call. You are allowed to, and they would ask you to. And honestly, it takes more courage to reach out and ask for help mm-hmm. than it does to try to deal with it on your own as well. Mm-hmm. So never never be afraid to reach out for help because it doesn't make you a coward. It doesn't no. make you scared of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something... That needs to be addressed. Like, you mm-hmm. never have to fight it alone. Mm-hmm. So, 100%. Find your support system in whatever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, your boy is always here. That's that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> news? Do we have news? Nah, I'm just know. kidding. I always have news. You always have news. Of course. That, that should be sound- a sound bite. News. News? <laughs> I don't know. News? News. I feel like that could very easily be switched into nudes, and then this would be a whole different topic. (laughs) (laughs) The Seven Deadly Sins, Demons, or not Demons, I can speak, Dragon's Judgment, has officially been postponed to January of 2021. Oh, okay. But on the bright side, they got a new visual for it, so that's good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually... I'm quite pleased that things are getting properly postponed because I don't want them to rush things and then they end up being crap. I'd rather wait that little bit longer, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like they, or Japan, is slowly transitioning to a format of being able to, like, work from home. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, after watching the Dr. Stone behind-the-scenes thing, like, we know kind of the process that goes into it, so it's kind of... Easy to understand why it would take longer because of that, because not everybody's in the office to where you can just like immediately do like the in-between frame sketches and everything else. So it's it's mm. going to take time. Mm-hmm. But and yeah, and well, and Japanese homes are so small and they need so much equipment to be able to do all of that work in their homes. That mm-hmm. some, I bet there are some like sketch artists and that that are having to actually move house to be able to accommodate working from home. Oh, I don't doubt that at all because I think a lot of like housing, especially in Tokyo, is all like studio apartments. Mm-hmm. So especially if the studios allowed the workers to take stuff home, like all the new equipment and stuff home, 
Mm -hmm. Oh boy, that'd be that'd be something. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's a good thing of being able to like work from home, do stuff like that. Because once everything gets like back up and up to full speed, I think it would be easier for the employees themselves to be able to. I mean, for one, spend more time at home because I know for a while there was a controversy of overtime and whatnot, people not being able to see their families. Mm -hmm. So I think that overall it'll be a good thing in the long run mm -hmm. for all of that to go towards that style of <clears throat> work outside of yeah. like vocal recording booths and everything else. Because I know those studios are specifically designed for stuff like that, mm -hmm. or at least the image that I saw for Bones for My Hero. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a really nice studio, so that needs to be used. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, my mum was saying earlier today that uh, the local healthcare folk are all saying that it's going to take probably about three years for us to no longer have to wear masks when we go out in public and stuff mm -hmm. um, for all this to settle down. So we're in it for the long haul, you know, so we need to fully establish the way things are going because it's, it's not going to be like, oh, in six months time, we're all back to normal like we thought when it was first starting it's it's this is a a long-term thing mm -hmm. so but we've also been saying this from the beginning of the podcast about how if the rest of the world just adopted the japanese way of wearing masks out in public even whenever you think you're sick mm -hmm. and went to bowing instead of shaking hands and all this other stuff that a lot of this could be, you know, fixed in some shape, Managed, form, or fashion. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or at least be, you know, slowed down and minimized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something to think about and look forward at for going in the future. The bizarre thing is, is that it did used to be part of our culture. Um, for instance, uh, during a time when scarlet fever was rampant, it was illegal to go outside without wearing a mask. And in America, you know, in, in places where where now people are refusing to do so. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and it, it, there were these laws. It was part of our culture to wear masks over part of our culture to bow and curtsy. And so it's only very recently that those things have become not part of our culture anymore. So we're only kind of reverting back to the way things used to be. It's not like we're creating anything new. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely something that I think needs to stick around because especially mm. with me living in the South here like i can attest to people like i don't understand why you wouldn't want to wear a mask like it doesn't ugh, i don't know like it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense why you wouldn't like what are you losing mm -hmm. unless you have a legitimate illness that keeps you from not wearing it i don't see why mm -hmm. but then that those are the specific people that we need to be wearing a mask for mm -hmm. exactly you know, so if you're not doing it for yourself do it for those who can't actually wear one. Yeah, legitimately, not because they have a slight tickle in their throat. Mm-hmm. They... <laughs> Shade. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, more news. We got distracted again. Did we? <laughs> Just a little bit. So, J-Rock Band Scandal postpones North American tour to November of 2021. Oh. So... I've never listened to this band as much J-pop and J-rock as I listen to on a regular basis, although I might want to check them out because they are coming to Atlanta. So nice. I am very interested. But also other tour stops that they're going to be making. Toronto, New York, Anaheim, and Dallas. Of course. <laughs> close <laughs> to you, but not that close. <laughs> <laughs> close to me, but probably about a five-hour flight away. I actually don't know how far, how, how long... A flight to Toronto is 
from Alberta. Can you take a train? No. No. There is a, a train track. that There is a, a Trans-Canada um, train, but it is, I believe, just for cargo. See, because... And it I'm... would take days. <laughs> well, I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, that would be a really cool trip across Canada, like taking I think, a train. I think there is a, a train that you can take across Canada, like a, a carriage train. I've never seen it myself. I think there is one. I'd love to do that if there is. That would be amazing. I think that would be really cool. We should look into this because I feel like that'd be a good podcast trip. It would be amazing. Yes. Oh, then we could do one from Europe and then we could do one across Japan. And then they have one in America too. Where does it go from? I think it goes all the way across the country, if I'm not mistaken. I want to do Route 66 in this state. That would be a really cool trip too, honestly. It would be. It'd be super fun. We're actually taking a trip this weekend, hiking up to North Carolina. So oh, fun. That'll be a fun trip. I have actually never been hiking. Have you not? I've legitimately never been hiking. Like, we're surrounded by, like, beautiful waterfalls and sights, and yet I've never been. My biggest tip, take a spare pair of socks. You see, I've actually had to change my socks to, mm-hmm. like, I've actually converted to a bamboo-style sock. Mm-hmm. So they're actually really good at, like, keeping my feet dry and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still recommend taking a backup pair though, and make sure you wear shoes that you have worn for long periods of time before. Mm. Don't don't go hiking on any pair of shoes. Oh, definitely not. No, no. I think those are my biggest tips. <laughs> yeah, this I know this from experience, having fallen over and bashed my knees many a time. Um, I was actually talking about this with my mum the other day. This is another tangent. Oh my god, we're just going on. This is tangent podcast um, today. Yes. <laughs> I was talking about this with my mum the other day. I can't tell on my knees, genuinely cannot tell my knees, what part of my knee is scar and what part of my knee is not scar. Mm. Because just, like, not because I've, like, done anything, like, specifically really bad. Just from falling over and scraping... I scar really easily. And it's just from falling over and scraping my knees, just being a kid, you know? Just... And then a clumsy adult. <laughs> like, I, it's it's not like I've done anything specifically bad. But because of that, they're all teeny tiny little scars. And they just like, I don't know, it's hard. To, I look at them and I'm like, I don't know if that's scar or skin. Or skin scar. Scar, scar skin. I don't know. <laughs> I need to just clip that. <laughs> I have a scar I have a on scar my thumb. from a thorn. You have a scar on your thumb? I have a scar on my thumb. Mine is from having a knife blade snap back on me. That's fun. I don't know why I got mine. But what's this about a scar from a thorn? Oh, yeah. Um, On my left leg, just above my knee on the far side, on the left side, on the outside, I have this little um nick. It's like a, a indent scar, like a poke and pull. You know, like a thorn. You know, poked and pulled. And I was wearing my good pair of jeans... For those, I think the podcast knows, I'm quite tall. I'm, I'm five foot nine, despite what Brad says. I'm quite tall. Small um, bean. <laughs> he's a giant, so he makes me look small. But I promise <laughs> I'm quite tall. Um, and it's very hard for me to find jeans. I was wearing my good pair of jeans that fit in the length. They fit in the waist. They fit around my bum. They were my favourite jeans. I loved them so much. They weren't even that expensive. I wore them all the time. And I wore them when my family and I just decided to drive out for a picnic and so we went to this we parked up in this little area it's just a foresty area with a couple of benches and we took the dogs and 
I decide that I want to walk down this little pathway to get to the river um, with my golden retriever so that I can throw the tennis ball into the water so that she can go swimming. And as I was walking, I just walked past a bush. It scraped my leg and it ripped my jeans. And I was so devastated devastated about the fact that I ripped my jeans and I was angry and I was upset and I was talking to my mum and I was ranting for like 20 minutes about the fact that it ripped my jeans I was so mad I didn't even notice that I was bleeding quite badly from the area where it had ripped my jeans because it had also cut me torn my flesh I didn't notice didn't feel any pain was so mad about my jeans ripping didn't notice at all. Look down. My jeans are now not just ripped, but also covered in blood. You mad, bro? I was I was furious. I was fuming. Um, and it scarred. So I now have a fun scar to tell that story. But that's genuinely how easy I scar. Like I scar from a thorn scratch. You just you just like I made that rap command on your stream for a reason. Like we mm-hmm. need to keep you covered in bubble wrap. <laughs> Yeah. I also, my biggest scar, funnily enough, is from a dog's claw. It wasn't particularly sharp. It wasn't particularly pressed hard. The dog was not being aggressive. The dog just put its paw on my leg, pulled its paw away. Its claw just caught me at the wrong angle, scraped my leg. It scarred. I have a piece of pencil lead stuck in my leg. Oh, fun. I have a piece of glass in my foot. Oh, look at us. And I honestly think you're the first person that I've ever told that to. (laughs) People know about the glass in my foot story because I get to blame my brother for it. Ah, Unichan's fault. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That was a tangent. That was a tangent. We'll have to do a specific Scar Stories podcast at some point because, um, yeah, I I have many. Yeah, honestly, we just need to have a podcast of us just shooting the shit that we upload every now and again. Right, yeah. Just a a month's review. Coming soon. Coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) So, next piece of news. My Hero Academia is getting a two-part OVA release this month. Oh, I bet you're excited about that. I am so excited. You should be excited as well, but you don't like being caught up on all the good shows. I'm sorry. I, I will get more caught up because I have more time on my hands now that and i also have it on the i also have it on the list to cover because since food wars did well i i think we can start pressing into other shows oh by the way guess what i started today what you'll never guess but think real long and hard about it digimon digital monsters no it's not pokemon get that away from me (laughs) (laughs) no but i have seen digimon but that was my childhood um no i don't know what of all the Of all the shows that you've tried to get me to watch, just think of the one. I've already started that. Prince of Tennis? There you go. What do you think? I enjoyed it for the first episode that I watched. It's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. Although I'm disappointed that Hulu only has the first season. (gasps) Rude. So they only have the first 100 episodes. They don't have the other 78. I don't know where I'm going to find those. Well, once you get through the first hundred, I'm sure I can find them for you. Actually, they have the sub and the dub, so I think that means Hulu only has the first 50. 
Oh. Uh. Uh, are you watching subbed or dubbed? I've never seen it dubbed. I do not know what it's like. I only watched the first episode dubbed because I was with company at the time, mm-hmm. and I can't go full weeb around company, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you noticed, because if you watch the version of Weathering With You that I bought, it's the dubbed version. Mm. No, I watched it elsewhere. Uh, and watched it subbed. Boo. <laughs> hey, don't boo me. I watch everything subbed. I, I, I'm booing you for your method of watching. Ah. <laughs> well. I try to buy us nice things and you don't appreciate it. <laughs> I do appreciate it. And I will probably watch it later dubbed just to see what it's like. But the first time I watch anime, I do like to watch it subbed. Lies and slander. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, dub wasn't bad. I'm probably going to start it subbed whenever I get a little bit more time on my hands because I've been watching so much other shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good filler. Uh, I will say that. It, it, if you watch it all in one chunk, it's it could get quite tedious, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, so ha- having it spaced out between other things is just like a filler one that you can turn to because there's not really too much of a consecutive plot line. So um, you're able to take breaks from it and still kind of return back to it and understand what's going on if you forget about previous events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get some more of it done. Of course, I'll keep you updated as I yes, watch. Yes, you better. It's like the best thing I've ever seen. I love it so much. It's so so stupid, and, and I f- think it's fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the dive with you though. Do you like it? No, I hate it. <laughs> No, don't do that to me. <laughs> I like it. I fully love it, knowing that it's not the best anime in the world. You know, mm. it's one of those ones that is. It's. I just love it. I think it's amazing, but it's. It's not. You know, a masterpiece. Mm. The animation oh, yeah. isn't masterful. The music isn't masterful. The script isn't masterful. Nothing about it is fantastic. It, but the whole thing all put together with its dramatics, ah, it's fantastic. I love it. I think it's great. I don't know as. Like, since I'm getting into tennis, I figured it was time to give it a shot, or at least to watch the first episode, just to just to get the squee out of you, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> Are you I, satisfied I, with my reaction? I am. Good. Now, if only I could get you to take my recommendations. <coughs> shade. <laughs> oh, yeah, big shade. Yeah, big shade. Big shade. But what am I good for if not to throw shade? You a parasol. What? <laughs> parasol. What about a parasol? You throw shade. Uh, oh, oh, big brain. Yeah. <laughs> Me, big tongue. <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> I must be tired. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really stupid joke and you didn't get it and it made me laugh. <laughs> I'm laughing that I didn't get it. <laughs> Oh, oh, big broken brain. Anyway, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the two OVA episodes. I think it's going to be good. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's taking place in the third season right after they did the provisional licensing exams. Mm -hmm. Because you haven't seen any of season four, have you? No. Okay. So, but you've seen through season three. So therefore, that's not throwing spoilers anywhere but although yeah for those at home i i mean it's a show about heroes that have to get like they have to go to school to be heroes and get licenses so therefore it's not 
but it's yeah, not so, a no. no, no, not in the slightest. But so, and apparently it's some of the class 1A. It's not all of them. They're going through survival training on an island. Oh, okay. So I think it's going to be really interesting to sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. And especially with the new film coming out sometime in the near future as well. I'm looking forward to that because I didn't get the chance to go see it in theaters. So I think that's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. I just love my hero. Like, it's, oh, it's so good. <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't imagine that you were talking about My Hero Academia then for a second. I thought you're just like, I just love my hero. And there's just a man standing in your room in, like, the superhero pose with this bare chest on show. You're just, like, looking at him swooning. Oh, I love my hero. That's what <laughs> I had pictured in my head when you said that then. But... If you take your answer on who my hero was the other night on your podcast, then that would make you my hero. Well, I hope my bare chest isn't showing then. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) As I was like, I'm I'm surprised you're not retracting your statement. Either that or you just forgot that you said that the other night. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that that escaped from my brain. Now, anytime I hear the word hero, I just gotta imagine you going, I am here. I am here. I am your hero. <laughs> now, I'm gonna need you to cosplay as All Might, please. Oh, speaking of cosplay, I wanna cosplay um, uh, from this. I'll talk, I'll talk about, uh, I don't know why I just brought it up now, but Hina from this, I think it would be so cool to do a body paint of her, like when she's like translucent. Oh, that would be sick. Wouldn't it be sick? Like just oh, her in be- her regular clothes and then go to a convention and you've got body painted. They're like, oh, it would be so cool. Oh, that would be really cool. That, and mm-hmm. I want to see you like, because I think you could pull it off in one of your paintings, like do that sort of like translucent in something oh, yeah. or on something. Mm-hmm. Like, that I would be sick. Go. It would be amazing. But, uh, where was I going with that? Uh, cosplay. What? I don't know. What's the next uh, piece of news? So, last, but certainly not least, in fact, it is the best. We got a trailer for the new Demon Slayer film. Ooh, such excite. I am so hyped. Did I send it to you? No. Damn it. I sent it to literally everyone else. I'm hyped for this. I'm so hyped. I mean, you're the one who decided to move to the middle of nowhere, Canada. So Hey, you know, I didn't decide you. that. I was just dragged along. Don't make excuses. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're on a closer time zone than we would have been if I lived in the UK. That would have made recording these things a lot harder. Because instead of me being the one that's ahead, you would be the one that's ahead. Yeah, by four hours. But then again, I think that this... We could have made it work either way, honestly. Because the way our sleep schedules are fucked up. (laughs) But there's no way that I'd have been able to have an at-home studio. Do you know how big English houses are? No, I'm waiting for some sort of comparison. Um, okay, fine. Comparison. Uh, English houses are probably... Nah, too late. Joke's done. We're past that. Fine. <laughs> no, I want the comparison. No, All I don't. English houses yes, I can fit inside of a teacup. It's mandatory. <laughs> Satisfied? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Brilliant. But is... But wouldn't that be cruelty? 
Hey, huh? if huh? if you if huh? you if you smoke rap marijuana, is that a teapot? Swiftly moving on. Um, <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I, I can't contain my excitement for this. Demon Slayer was so good. I think it was by far my anime of 2019. And the fact that Lisa, who did Garinj, is doing the title theme for this film too, I am so hyped. The story behind it looks great. The animation looks sick. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But I'm also getting, like, (laughs) I feel like the story writers collabed between ReZero and this one. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like the overall premise of this film is the demon who was left standing out of the lower 12. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you remember that scene, but where uh, Kibutsuji like destroys the rest of the lower 12, but leaves Mm -hmm. that one left standing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's the main villain in this one. It seems like he has the ability to manipulate dreams. Mm -hmm. And so Tanjiro is thrown into a dream that he thinks is real, but his family is alive. Oh, And so I'm watching this. I was like, oh, sadness. But then I was like, oh shit, re-zero. Oh fuck. (laughs) Yeah. <coughs> I got Good too time. excited and choked on myself. Hang on. <laughs> oh my God, don't say it like that. Don't praise it like that. <laughs> Again, brain, gutter, get it out. Yeah, my brain is fully in the gutter, okay? <laughs> Obviously. Anyway. <laughs> I claim to be a lady, but I ain't. <laughs> <laughs> what was that English? I'm clipping that. I'm cl- <laughs> Actually, that's going in the Discord tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's how I talk, in it? <laughs> I love it. 100. Don't ever change. You're perfect the way you are. Don't ever change. Oh, uh, sweet views. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, ReZero. What was this episode? <laughs> I don't know, what was it? (laughs) I sat down and was talking with Walker about it, because I've been trying to get Walker to watch ReZero with me ever since I first started watching the show years Mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to him about it after it ended, and I was just like, what the fuck? Because we had a return of a character in this one that we haven't seen (laughs) since, like, the third or fourth episode. Oh, okay. Do you remember the Bow Lady? Uh... The one that cut open Subaru in, like, the first couple of episodes? Yeah. She's back. Ah, uh, savior of the universe. <laughs> Destroyer of the universe, more like it. <laughs> I don't know why that sounded like Flash. You just said she's back, and it just took me to Queen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I constantly have a radio playing in my head. Do you know that? I, I also have that. one constantly playing in my head. It's like permanently stuck to J-pop, and I feel like all day it's just been Grinch playing through my head. It's just been like a constant bob to that all day. Nice. Ex- I, except for I, I've been watching Weathering with you. The soundtrack for this film is so good. Mm-hmm. I uh, can't stay in one song for longer than about a verse before my brain skips <laughs> to another one <laughs> because okay. that's on ADD. 
So this past weekend, because I know you and I had talked about recording Saturday, and then mm-hmm. we didn't. And so <laughs> Saturday, we went down to Kennesaw, which is just north of Atlanta, which to put into perspective is about an hour and 45 minutes south. Since I know these towns I'm speaking of mean absolutely nothing to you. Yeah, I have no clue. Yeah. So anyway. Abby was driving us, or not Abby, Walker was driving us down, and Abby, Walker's wife, Bree, and our buddy Denny were in the back. And the whole way down, I shit you not, I don't think we got through a single fucking song. The whole way. Yeah. Yeah, that's Like, we would get a verse and maybe a chorus through, and then immediately the next song. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I I wish I had brought my headphones. I needed... I needed anime or something that I could actually finish because, my God. But I had some of the best Mexican food ever on the way back. I'm so content with my life. Oh, I want Mexican food. It was so good. So, speaking of Mexican food, mm. corn or flour tortillas? Uh, I've only had flour, but I, I am aware that corn is how you're supposed to have them. But I don't think I've ever had one. Corn is authentic, although... Mm. And another reason I'm more of a proponent towards corn rather than flour is because it's healthier. Mm-hmm. Because flour tortillas are bleached, so therefore I know it's not the healthiest thing to be eating. But for me, also, corn just tastes better. And I used to not be that way. I used to be a flour-only person. But after I had some like authentic like taco truck tacos, mm-hmm. because tacos from a taco truck is the best shit on this planet... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's also generally cheaper than if you go to a restaurant and get them. Fun fact. But mm-hmm. yeah, like they're just, they're miles better. Yeah, I I need to go and go down south and experience some authentic ones. Because there isn't much authentic Mexican food up here in Canada. At least not where I am. I'm mm-hmm. sure if you go to the bigger cities, there's a lot more. But um, uh, you don't actually see a lot of, of um, uh, Latin originated immigrants coming mm-hmm. up. This far north, they tend to stay, um, Latina immigrants tend to stay more in in the United States. Well, I feel like it would be hard for you to find vegetarian, like authentic Mexican food as well. Because they Mm -hmm. like to use a lot of beef and pork in a lot of what they cut or Mm -hmm. cook. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's a lot easier for me to find things in like Indian restaurants. Mm, Because a lot of curry and stuff is vegetarian based. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because two of the main foods you want to try are not set for vegetarians mm-hmm. between Japanese yeah. cooking and Mexican food. Mm-hmm. That's okay, though. I will write you full essays on both. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> but I think I think that wraps up news. Well, that's good <clears throat> because I'm though. tired. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I, you know what? I would be tired of me, too. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not tired of you. I'm tired nice. of the fact that my arm hurts because I've still got the tape on it from where they put the pressure bandage thing on from the blood donation. And the mm-hmm. tape's, like, pulling at my little tiny arm hairs. And it's all... Every time I bend my elbow, it pulls. <sighs> okay. I don't want to say I don't want to hear it, but whenever I had that really bad breakout of poison ivy a few mm-hmm. weeks ago... I mm-hmm. had to put a bandage, like, all over my arm, like, from shoulder down to my wrist. Ooh. Pulling that off. <laughs> Did you not use a cloth bandage, or was it stuck because of the seeping? Both. Ew. Like, it had adhesive on it, mm-hmm. but also, like, the seeping was just, ugh. Like, I've never, 
had so much issue trying to pull off bandages between the mixture of hair and <laughs> my left arm is shaking thinking about it. Oh, it's like no, not again. <laughs> Don't do this to me again. Why are we so hairy? We should just not. <laughs> we, should, we should just not. Like, we should just oh not. my god. Ow. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could like shake like dogs do, but instead of to get moisture off, we just shook and all of our hairs flew off? I mean, anytime I run my fingers through my beard, I lose hair as it is. So I feel like my beard sheds enough for the rest of my body. My head shares a share, my head shares a lot as well. I know it does, it's because you can never stop talking. You um <laughs> My hair sheds a lot as well. My head hair goes everywhere. I also have two golden retrievers in the house, so we constantly have clumps of fluff everywhere. Well, I'm also like an extremely hairy human being. Yeah. So anytime I get out of the shower and like I see the shower dry, I just see black hair everywhere. And I'm just like, I wish I were blonde. <laughs> it doesn't really make much difference. So did I tell you about me finding a gray hair the other day in my beard? You did? Oh, you're getting old. Like, and here's the thing. I recently shaved. It was like a couple days after I shaved, I was combing out my beard as I was uh, drying it. And I was like, wait, what is that? <laughs> and whenever I say that it's a gray hair, that's an understatement. It was like a pristine white hair. <laughs> and so me being me, I'm like, I'm not having that shit. And I plucked it. <laughs> oh. and, and I have a group chat between me, Walker, his wife, and Abby. Mm-hmm. I snapped a picture of it and I was like, guys, it's time. Get the home ready. <laughs> I need to be admitted. But before I go, here's my will. You can have nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. Um, <laughs> serious question, though. Uh-huh. When you go completely grey, mm-hmm. will you grow out a Gandalf beard? We've already had the discussion of like how I'm going to have like a six-foot-long beard. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Will you dye it fun colours? Also, yes. Here's the thing. As soon as I'm able to leave Sherwin through whatever means, methods, or whatever. I will dye my hair fun things just to do it anyway. Good. You would think with me working for a paint company, I could dye my hair. But no, we gotta look professional. Baka! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's a rant. Anyway. (laughs) I dyed my hair once, and ever since then, I've always wanted to dye something else. (laughs) Since I don't keep the hair on my head anymore, like, the next logical thing for me to dye would be my beard, because why would I I dye my arm hairs? I mean, honestly, I could just, like, dye my chest hair, since I like to go swimming, because that would be a fun thing to to just show off. (laughs) Turquoise. Honestly, though, I should just dye it green, then look at people and be like, are you green with envy? I think people might think it's mold. I mean, you know. Then you can say that you adapt to any situation. (laughs) It's natural camouflage. Look, I, I'm auditioning for this role in a film. It's called Grass. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> that <laughs> reminds the role me. that was made for me. You know when you're little and you're in school plays? Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of sign you up for it because everyone in the class has to be a part of them. My brother hated them so much and refused to do them so much that he was cast as a tree. <laughs> when he was in primary school, they made him be a tree. In the school nativity, they were like, we don't, no, you can stand in the corner and and be a tree. (laughs) (laughs) 
I had a meme pop up on my Facebook timeline today that I shared like four or five years ago, and it was about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And I wanted to send it to you so bad that I was like, wait, she's never seen it. This is a story all about how my life got flipped and upside down. Yes, but that's all you've seen of that or mm-hmm. heard. Yeah, I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. Honestly, though, I need to, I need to get us an HBO account for the podcast just so I can get you to watch that. Well, then you have to watch Cory in the House because that is the best anime of all time. But I've seen Cory in the House. Me too. And Corey yes, in the house. it is one of the best anime of all time. It, the best, not one of. I don't know, man. Like, there's this really old anime. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's called The Weather Channel. I thought you were going to say Blue's Clues. I was like, yeah, I vibe. <laughs> but Blue's Clues is different. Like, have you seen the new Blue's Clues? No. Instead of a handy dandy notebook, this motherfucker has an iPad. <gasps> Blasphemy. It's bullshit. Honestly, though, the only way you can make it better, instead of the red fluffy chair, they have to go with the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones. I would accept this. Does Is it just me, or does the Iron Throne seem really uncomfortable? I mean, I don't know who would want to sit on a bunch of swords, but you know what? Have at it. Hedgehogs. You know, I bet everybody would get the point, though, whoever sat on it. Ha 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 funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into the background of this? Anyways, we've just been rambling for like an hour and 20. Like, let's chill. (laughs) I thought we were chilling. No, I've been like on edge this whole time, mate. I I thought we were comfortable around one another at this point. I, I am, I am probably too comfortable. (laughs) (gasps) My skirt matches my pillow. Like it's the exact same shade of pink. Oh my god, like that's so My headphone cool. matches the one butterfly on my t-shirt. Headphone that's tables. awesome. Like I'm pretty much best. entirely in pink right now, except for my socks, which were white at one point. What are they now? Dirty. <laughs> my socks are black. Mm, like accurate. the empty void that's on the inside, they match. <laughs> <laughs> so you could say they match the sole of your foot. <laughs> Right, so, <laughs> weathering with you. What? So, it's weathering with you, Makoto Shenpai. Yes, Makoto Shenpai. Shenpai? Senpai. There senpai. is a senpai in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I think I have that giant bold letters somewhere, like the video game Senpai Acquired. I have senpai that in my notes. Mm-hmm. I do that now ever to... Uh, Ever too. I do that now since Dr. Stone, um, where they did the acquired. Um, it's become part of my notes now. It's just like whenever somebody gets something, it, it's now acquired in all of my notes. I think you do that in like your Minecraft streams and whatnot as well. I do. <laughs> Anytime you get something, you're just like, glass acquired. Glass acquired. <laughs> but... 400 meters, turn right. You have gone too far. Please turn around. <laughs> you have gone too far. You turn. Your destination is appearing on your left. Turn to page 394. Turn to page 394. Honestly, though, could you imagine if Alan Rickman did a GPS? That would have been amazing. Like, as Professor Snape, too, of all mm-hmm. things? Mm-hmm. That would have been sick. I, I just, need this now. I just like the idea of him in Die Hard doing it like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Honestly, though. As Hans. <laughs> yes, please. Mm, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Where were we going with this? Oh, yeah. Background. Weathering with you. Makoto Shinkai. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, it's, like, if you want to hear the full breakdown about all of this, go listen to your name where we go full in depth with the studio Mm -hmm. although so good (laughs) so good so it's what uh 112 minutes long it is a film not a series a film yes a film a film one must go to the cinema to experience this although it is now available digitally it will be available on dvd and blu-ray on september 15th Mm -hmm. which is why we are covering it right now so that you can get your grubby little mitts on it. Yes. Like, watch it. Yes. Like, this is an immediate, I will recommend this to anyone and everyone. Interesting. Okay. It made um, $193.1 million worldwide. Deserves every bit of it. Mm. Like, I think it's the seventh best-selling anime film of all time. Nice. And it deserves every bit of that. Mm-hmm. What's your name is the number one grossing film of all time. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, Which is honestly sure. weird because I think Broly made third. I'm not sure. If I remember correctly, I used to have all these stats memorized. Well, I'll say all these stats, all these stats that I care about. Anyway, but yeah, I believe it's the seventh highest grossing anime film of all time. And it deserves every bit of that. Like, hands down. This film is an absolute masterpiece. Um, Shinkai directed it, wrote it, everything else. And... Mm-hmm. He actually sought out new voice actors for this film, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, because he wanted to, to like he wanted to give a fresh start to people. But also he had uh, like there are Easter eggs spread throughout this from his mm-hmm. other films. Like you actually get to meet Taki and Mitsuha in this film from your name. I so that's a nice little nod. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice. What? I knew that it was going to happen. Um. And then I forgot to pay attention. I really want to hit my desk, but I don't want to disturb my living mates. So disturb your dead ones. And yeah, I forgot about it. It's got a 91% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is quite good from the critics. That's like for Rotten Tomatoes, that's really high. Yeah, based on 85 reviews from critics. Honestly, though, really high. Like it does, But it deserves to be higher. Like it's... <sighs> Minus my one issue... With English dubbing of this. Like, it's a masterpiece. Like, without a doubt. Like, soundtrack, 10 out of 10. Animation, Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, there is one part of the animation that I do want to talk with you about. Specifically, um, there is a scene... This isn't spoiling anything, so don't need to worry about the spoiler warning yet. But specifically, there is a scene where there are fireworks playing overhead. And there is, like, a, a panning of the camera... Like how it's fireworks. drone footage, like going yeah, through the fireworks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I found it personally a little bit jarring. Reason being, it seemed a bit like being on a roller coaster. You know, those little movies that you get to see when you're in like Disneyland or something and you watch those roller coasters. It felt like that. You see, I was... I thought it was really cool and mm-hmm. innovative to see it in an anime film because you it never really see cool. like drone type footage in mm-hmm. any sort of like animated, like even with Disney stuff, you never see that kind of camera. Not angle. from the movies, no, yeah, no. And so but it did I remind was me of like watching that, and I was just like, the ride. yeah, 
Mm-hmm. But I was watching that and I was just like, holy shit. Like, it was really cool. Now, granted, it is a little bit jarring. Yeah. And if you I get motion the- sick, like, you could potentially gather some sort of motion sickness from that because it's really weird. But It is weird. But I think the reason why we find it so weird is because it was so unique. It's, it's something that I've genuinely never seen before in an anime, in a cartoon, in anything that is isn't live action really um mm. and it really did take me back to um being like strapped into a roller coaster ride in disneyland and then showing you that movie of like you're like already on the roller coaster traveling but you're just watching a screen if you know what i mean mm. um it felt like that and i think that's because that's the only time that i've ever experienced anything that's anything like an animated drone footage um mm. and so it does kind of like take you out of the moment which i consider to be a negative in the fact that it takes you out of the movie. But I completely understand why it does, and that's because it's so unique, which to me is a positive. So I think it kind of neutralizes itself into become like a, a you know, into just being a thing. Um, because yeah, it did take me out of the film and out of the watching experience and made me into like being consciously aware of the fact that I'm watching a film. Um, I mean, I understand where you're coming from completely, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like it took me out of it just because as somebody who does digital art, like I was in awe. It was incredible. <clears throat> like yeah. I didn't notice it whenever I watched it in theaters, or it didn't like strike me right that much. Because again, like I feel like I had a interesting theatrical experience with it because I was comparing it to your name the whole mm-hmm. time, and that's not, right. and that's my own fault. Mm-hmm. But going into it last night, watching it, and then going into it today, taking notes, I just sat back and I noticed the drone footage, and I was. My jaw may as well have been on the floor. I was just like, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that this is going to end up being one of those those movies that is later on dissected by film students because of that moment. I think that that's going to become something that we see a lot more in, of in anime and in other in cartoons and things like that. I feel like we're going to start seeing more things like that. My stomach just growled. <laughs> um <laughs> Will be amplified in post. <laughs> oh no. Um, but I feel like we are going to start seeing things like that specific piece of the drone footage in other kinds of anime and in other animated digitalized films. And so I feel like this film is going to be traced back by film students to, to be taught about, to be learned about in the future. But it does create this weird moment of, oh, that's odd, while you're watching, purely because... It's the first time you've ever seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I agree with you in the fact that it's going to be dissected in the future because we've talked about it before about how Studio Chibli and Miyazaki was the standard bearer in what like anime should be, or mm-hmm. that's how everybody kind of viewed it. Mm-hmm. Then you see the work that Shinkai does with animation and everything else and about how now, now this is just my opinion, but. Shinkai is the new standard bearer of what, like, the best animation technology is. Mm-hmm. Because the whole time watching this, like, I was genuinely in awe of, like, the cityscape animation and just the background. And we talked about this whenever we covered Kiki's Delivery Service, not so much with Spirited Away, because we had a lot more story to talk about, but how, like, so much detail in Kiki's Delivery Service for it having come out in the 80s. Mm-hmm. had so much attention to detail put into the background to where it never, like, everything just fit. Whereas with a lot of shows and whatnot, even today, 
the focus is mainly put on the characters and not necessarily the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But this was one of those to where, like, so much focus was put into everything. Mm-hmm. Specifically, one part that I noticed more than others were the plants throughout the film. Mm -hmm. There were the greenery absolutely everywhere. And I haven't really noticed that much detail going into into the into plants or not uh, something where it's not being featured. You know, it's just in the shot. Mm -hmm. Although one thing that was a little bit lacking compared to other things of Shinkai's that we watched was, like, attention to detail on a lot of the food. Yeah. Like, it was... Now, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not bad or anything, but it's not the most visually appealing thing that we've seen out of the film. Although I will say that there was a moment in it where um, our main character opens up a burger box and the burger springs up. And I, I remember watching that and thinking, oh, I wish that was reality. Same. Because it was a fast food joint burger, you know? Oh, it was legitimately McDonald's. Like, yeah. the signs and everything even said Big Mac. And I was like, way to, way to go. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, though, uh, there's a couple points in my notes to where I was just like, <laughs> in big, bold letters, not sponsored by Apple, not sponsored by McDonald's. Not sponsored by Yahoo. <laughs> Yeah, like there was so much attention to detail put into realism in this. Absolutely sponsored though. They even had like Forever 21 signs in the background. And normally while you're watching an anime or something, they change them. So it's like Donalds or, you know, just like little things. They change it so they don't have to pay to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess this was big enough scale to where they could get people to pay for the product placement. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, and so I guess that's where a lot of their budget came from. It was the, the product placement that is throughout the film because it, it is shown there are quite a few moments where you're like, ah, product placement. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I could go on and on about the animation in this and about how the lighting and shading and everything, like there's just so much attention to detail and love and passion mm-hmm. put into this film that I could carry on for ages just because it's, as someone who does digital art, like it's what I strive to achieve and have in what I do mm-hmm. because it's just mm-hmm. ugh, it's so good. Absolutely. So I suppose that's where we will chuck up the spoiler warning um, and jump into the actual dissection of the film. Yeah. Yeah. So Brad and I, you've you've written notes on this one as well, right? I have. Yeah, so we've kind of collaborated because since I have a wrist injury, you do? Um, I do, I do, I know. Shock. Um, my notes have not been as extensive as they normally would be, so Brad has been helping me out with writing some notes. So we're probably going to be going a little bit more back and forth than normal because uh, I normally tend to just like word vomit stuff out and then Brad chimes in. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll have a, it'll probably be a little bit more of a collaborative effort going forth today but we're starting off with uh before any kind of opening credits or anything you're left there you're presented with the image of a young girl who's visiting someone who is clearly very sick in a hospital and she looks outside of the window and sees a bright sunbeam illuminating a building despite all of the rain clouds covering the rest of the sky she is intrigued by this sunbeam so leaves the hospital and follows the beam to the building and walks up to the top of the building, gets to the roof, and sees that there is a shrine at the top of this building. And she walks towards this shrine and prays with her whole being and steps through the shrine gate and is then transported into the clouds, I guess. Essentially. 
Yeah. And then the opening credits roll. So that is the very first, like, scene that you see. Next, you're, you're brought to a young boy who is covered in band-aids, who is aboard a ship that is travelling to a boat, that's travelling to Tokyo, like a ferry. And he is standing on the top of the ship's deck, looking up at the sky, and you're hearing all of these, like, news broadcasts of saying, the weather's coming in, there's going to be a storm, um, and everyone else is moving inside of the ship, whereas he is going outside onto the deck so that he can stand below the clouds as the rain begins to pour. The ship gets rocked, a huge wave comes splashing over, and he nearly gets washed away with the wave, and it only is saved when an adult man catches his arm and uh, stops him from sliding off of the deck because he is an idiot child. (laughs) (laughs) All I have in my notes for this point, and I have this written a few times throughout as well, I just have angry whale noises. Mm -hmm. Because this particular bit of phenomenon happens like multiple times in the film of it's like the rain above characters gets caught. Yeah. And it's suspended, and then you hear <laughs> angry well noises. It's just how I'd have it written. And then it just all collapses. And in this case, it's like that giant downpour of basically getting hit by a giant wave that rocks the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then the boy buys this man a meal to thank him and buys him a beer as well. And this man's kind of like taking advantage of him a little bit, uh, of his kindness. And the boy's saying, oh, you know, Tokyo's scary. And as they debark from, debark, is that the word? Leave the boat? Yeah. Yeah, okay. As they get off, um, (laughs) they- uh, Or disembark, that's right. Disembark, there we go. As they disembark the ferry, the man gives him his business card and said, says basically, hey kid, if you ever need any help, give us a bell and phone <laughs> me, call me. I'm sorry, slang just <laughs> slipping in there. Um, I love it. Yeah, give us a ring and yeah, let me know. And we find out that this boy is 16 years old and his name is Hodaka and he is on his own in Tokyo and doesn't really have any place to stay. He's looking for a part-time job. And he is very unsuccessfully trying to find one, trying to to get a job, and ends up pretty down on his luck. No one's going to hire him. He doesn't have his student ID card, so they can't verify his age. And no one, yeah, no one's willing to hire him without that for part-time work. So he ends up basically becoming homeless and is squatting outside of a club when uh, in like the the rubbish bin section when he kind of gets like bullied a bit and kicked over by i don't know a, a person who's working at the club a bouncer or something i think he's um, that owner it's kind of what i gathered from that the owner yeah and he knocks over a recycling bin and as he's picking up all of the cans to go to put back in the recycling bin to set everything straight again he comes across this like bag and it intrigues him so he keeps it and walks to a mcdonald's where he had frequented a couple of nights beforehand getting cheap meals and he opens the bag and inside of the bag he finds a handgun a pistol a pistol it's a, i don't know guns it's a pistol it's a pistol um he, he has a gun <laughs> and and it shocks him obviously and he kind of like brushes it off as being a toy but he keeps it because uh he's obviously has a gun in a McDonald's, so he, like, hides it away. Not only that, but guns are illegal in Japan for civilians to own. So, therefore, he's just like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty much the same anywhere except America. Hey, man, we gotta have our guns. Yeehaw! Gotta have your guns. Hey, um, it's in our rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so he has he has this gun. He's scared of it. Obviously, he's a sixteen year old runaway kid. And so uh, he hides it. And then this young girl, who we know is the girl from the beginning, comes over and gives him a free burger, a burger in the house. And she says, I've seen you. My stomach just growled. I promise I ate dinner. I <laughs> call this lies and slander. I did. I did. I had pesto pasta with vegan bacon and cheese. It was delicious. Uh, um, uh, I can't, I can't understand bacon that's not bacon. It's fake bacon. Uh, but it's, it's... It doesn't it's really not... taste like bacon. But it tastes nice, but it's not like bacon. Then it's not, it's not bacon. <laughs> well, it's in bacon shape. Look, fam, you know how Ginro and Dr. Stone was like, rules are rules. Well, <laughs> bacon is bacon. <laughs> yeah. Anyway... <laughs> That's why it's faking, though, because it's not real bacon. It's fake bacon. Did did you call it faking? Yeah. I need a drink. (laughs) (laughs) That's better. (laughs) 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 But yeah, so uh, she sets down this burger for him and he's just like really... Like, that was just a really nice thing for him to, to have received. He needed that, you know? He needed... He needed that little bit of help that day. So he ends up calling the number on the business card for the gent and asks about, inquires about a job there. And he goes over um, and the man and a young woman run a columnist editing company, writing articles on like supernatural phenomenon. And he is offered a job there for, uh, he can live there, they'll feed him and he just has to like clean the place and run some errands for them, that kind of thing. Speaking and of supernatural so, phenomenon and all this, you know who mm-hmm. I bet would really enjoy this? Like enjoy James? this film? Yeah. Like, I think James would love this, like especially mm-hmm. just for that little bit and what they talk about. Mm-hmm. I bet he'd love this. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, we are friends with uh, James Salcedo, who is an author of um, paranormal ghost story books and things. And if you're intrigued by his work, you can uh, Google him and Amazon him. It's, his works are on there. You can purchase a book of spooky stories. Yeah. Written by a, a blind author. He is blind. He's actually a phenomenal author. Seriously, if you're into sci-fi and supernatural stuff, like, please do check him out. I'm not just saying that because he's a friend of ours. His work's good. Mm. Shameless plug, anyway. <laughs> Shameless plug, yeah. And, yeah, so so he ends up working for them and helping them with their current article that they're writing, a current work, which is based around a sunshine girl phenomenon. Basically, it is as it says, um, it's a girl who can control the sun. She can bring sunshine no matter where she is. And so they're going around interviewing people, trying to learn more about this sunshine girl and and, and the, the supernatural phenomenon that is the sunshine girl and the history behind it and the, the lore for it. So they can write their article on it, whether or not they actually believe in it. Because throughout this whole time where all of this is happening, no one really knows whether or not they believe in it or if they're making it up in their own heads. And I think that's a very human thing. Um, that they have portrayed throughout this film that I really enjoy. Yeah, for it to be like a very sci-fi, like supernatural-esque time, nobody believes in like these supernaturally things. 
Yeah. Until even like our main character and the Sunshine Girl herself until like the very last moments where they're like, okay, maybe that actually is. And then afterwards, they still kind of doubt themselves. Mm, especially like at the very end, like. Mm, the very, very end. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And also like even at this bit, like while they're having all this stuff and they're interviewing all these people, Natsumi, who is the girl that's working there like she's all interested in all the interviews and everything they're doing but hodaka our main character is having absolutely none of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he nearly turned down the job uh, because of the fact that it was to do with supernatural stuff despite the fact that it would uh, it, the only thing that kept him on was the fact that they were going to feed him and, and board him yeah because he was like he was all for like doing all the work and everything else but he's sitting there and he's having to sit through all these interviews and he's just like I hate everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It was just about the fact that he had no other choice, no other job. No, nobody would take him. He was like, I still might turn this down because no. Um, <laughs> this is very funny. One day, anyways, when they're walking, when he's walking through the streets of Tokyo, uh, Haroka sees the Burger Girl from before being lured, kind of persuaded into this club from the creepy men who were... Um, who kicked him over in the, earlier in the film. And she's kind of being persuaded into this this back alley job. And you can tell it's really sketchy. And he's kind of watching from the sidelines. And he can tell that she is not really vibing with it. Like she's not going there 100% willingly. And he recognises her from being the girl who, who gave him the burger from working at the um, at McDonald's. So he runs past and grabs her arm and he just tells her to run and make a break for it. And she's kind of pulling back. She's like, what What are you doing? What's going on? Um, because she was there sort of willingly, kind of. And obviously she'd been coerced there, but she wasn't like, they didn't force her there, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he grabs her arm and they run off. And these two creeps kind of corner them and they end up pinning Hodaka on the ground and they kind of beat him up a little bit. Not like incredibly so, but they hit him a couple of times. And he gets scared, obviously. He's a 16-year-old kid. And he pulls the gun on this guy and he's pointing at him. And the gun's going, uh, the guy's going, ah, oh, haha, very funny. You've got a toy. Like, I'm terrified. And he pulls the trigger and it fires and shoots a bullet at the lamppost that is nearby missing the guy but it stuns the guy enough to like fall back and like not continue beating him up or whatever and so the girl grabs Huraka's hand and pulls him away and the two of them run off together into like a abandoned parking garage kind of area and she yells at him basically um and says you're an idiot what the hell were you doing like pulling a gun on a guy like you could have killed him and goes to storm off and he kind of the realization of what happened kind of hits him and he like collapses into himself and sits on the floor and he's just dealing with the exhaustion and the adrenaline and the fear and everything's kind of like hitting him at once and she comes back she turns around and comes back and she sees him and she decides you know what he tried to save me that's what he was doing he was trying to save me and she explains that she got fired from her job at the at mcdonald's and she just needed money um and she said she calls him a runaway and he confirms it so this is for the first time that fully confirmed that he is a runaway and she takes his hand and they go to the shrine from the very beginning of the film 
And she shows him her abilities as a sunshine girl. She says, I bet you're not happy right now because of all of this rain. So let me get, provide you with a little bit of sunshine. And she prays and the sun shines down and creates like a little beam of light on them. Yeah. And we also find out her name is um, Hina. After she shows him that she is a sunshine girl, she's a sunshine girl, she takes him to her house where uh, he meets her younger brother, Nagi, and discovers that the two of them are living alone and there's no one else with them at the house. So Hina and uh, Huraka are both in need of money. So he presents the idea of starting a sunshine girl business together. So they make a website, basically getting people to pay for a clear day because she can guarantee that she's they're going to have a clear day and people can... Um, then get the weather that they need for their for their events because up until this point i think for two months straight at this point it had just been raining every single day in tokyo and it was like unprecedented they end up becoming really successful and get booked for a big time fireworks event where she then she actually gets like shown on tv there's a little montage of um different events that they go to um and she ends up getting shown on tv and they become so overrun with requests that it's taking a toll on her body and she's getting really tired and they're just like overrun with them so they decide that they're gonna close down the business and look for other work elsewhere and they both don't really want people knowing too much about them as well him for being a runaway and her for reasons you'll find out later oh and she's 18 they she t- tells him that she's 18 he's 16 and so she teases him about uh, paying her respect and and calling her <laughs> the right names and honorifics and everything so we end up finding out that there's a detective searching for Hodaka because of the fact that he's a runaway, but also because of the fact that the security camera from the outside of the club event actually caught a photo of him, caught his face. So he's pinned, like he is aware that the guy in the security footage and Hodaka are the same person. He's aware that Hodaka has a uh, missing person report uh, filed for him. And he also knows that he is armed because of the footage in the security camera. And it's kind of assumed that the gun is associated with a different case that that detective was working on. And then while the detective was searching for the gun, he discovered the security footage of him having the gun and kind of related the two together. And so now this detective is after him as a runaway, despite the fact that he hasn't really technically done too much wrong. I mean, he has done things wrong, but like not too much wrong. He's not after him for being a big big time murderer or whatever he's just looking for a runaway with a gun and one of the after they make the decision that they're gonna stop they have two last cases left and one of the last cases that they decide to do with the sunshine girl job is actually for taki from your name's grandmother yeah is it clicking as to who that was now yeah it is yeah and so that's why, like, Taki wasn't phased by any of that Sunshine Girl shit. He's just like, oh, I've seen worse. Right, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. And the other case that they did um, at the before they, they stopped was for the gent who put uh, Hiroka up, gave him a job and everything, the guy he met on the boat. He is trying, he's got a young daughter, his wife passed away, he's got a young daughter who's living with her grandmother and he, she has asthma, so he can't take her out when it's raining and he doesn't get to visit her very often. So uh, he asked for them to give them a day of sunshine so he could play with his daughter in the park. 
Officers end up arriving at Hina's apartment to question her about the fact that, you know, uh, Hodaka has been spotted around in the area. Have you seen him? Do you know him? They know that she knows him because she's also in the security footage, but they don't let her in on that. So they just ask her, do you know him? Have you seen him before? And she denies it. And But while they're at the door, the officers have also looked into her and they inform her that they're going to be back again tomorrow because they're aware of the fact that um, she's a minor and she's looking after her younger brother and um, social services are going to be back tomorrow to deal with that situation. And she automatically thinks they're going to separate us. So the trio, the three of them, decide to run away together. This is kind of confirmed when um, Haraka ends up getting kicked out by Sugar san who is the the Suga, yeah Suga san who is the guy who put him up gave him the, the space he gets kicked out by him because they had also questioned him at his office and he's trying to gain custody of his daughter so he doesn't want the police sniffing around his area um and so he he can't look after this kid anymore so he's like i'm sorry you have to go so he gives him some money and says get out basically go home which i want to know your thoughts on why he ran away in the first place so it's mentioned a little bit later that he like he had a dream Mm -hmm. and the dream was that he needed to like chase this light across the ocean Mm -hmm. and it was that that kind of led him to tokyo Mm -hmm. and so i think that was partially his reason for running away because he also said like he also felt trapped on the island that he was on like he felt like he was suffocating Mm -hmm. so he needed to get away but also that dream of like him like being felt like he was led towards tokyo but I was also going to say, like, it's very much the same situation of Mitsuha from Your Name as well, of just feeling like they're meant to go someplace bigger and do other things. Mm-hmm. Did you take any merit in the plasters that he had all over his face when he gets across the boat, when he's on the boat at the very beginning? No, because at first, like, I don't think he was, like, I don't think he was covered in bandages and everything until after he's almost yeeted off the boat. And then whenever he's sitting there with a the dude, that's whenever I noticed, like, he had the bandages and everything on his face. Oh, now I'm curious, because I could have sworn that he had them when he first was on the boat. Maybe I don't I, maybe think I so. Maybe I saw it wrong. Like, there's a lot of little bitty there like, is. bits yeah. and nods and pieces in this film that if you don't pay close attention to, you miss. 100%, like, yeah. And, just like Hina's well, necklace. Well, because he takes them off over a period of time when he's looking for a job, and that's how you can kind of tell how long it's been of him being like a squatter in Tokyo is because he slowly starts taking off those plasters. Mm-hmm. And just like with Hina's necklace that she's wearing throughout the film was actually mm-hmm. her mother's that was on her wrist. Mm-hmm. And I kind, of had a, I kind of have a theory to talk t- with you about whenever we get through the film like towards like what happens after the climax of the film, because I'm really curious to see if you noticed the little bit that I'm talking about, but also to see if you might have the same conclusion. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yeah, the three of them decide that they're going to run away together and they end up taking shelter in a love hotel. And right now at this point, the, the skies, the heavens have opened. It is a downpour. The streets are flooding. There's hurricane warnings. Uh, districts of Tokyo are being evacuated. It's snowing in areas. The, there's at least two foot of snow, of snow, of water on the ground everywhere throughout the city. Like, it has been raining throughout the entire film up until this point, but at this point is the pinnacle. It is completely, the weather is destroying things. Everything. 
And so they're like wading through the water to get to different places. And they're trying to get uh, get to a place to stay the night, the three of them. And they end up <clears throat> getting to... Well, they end up running into a couple of police officers before they get to this love hotel. And, and these police officers... turns into Thor. She does, yeah. These police officers <laughs> recognize Haruka and they try to arrest him. And he makes a break for it, telling the other two to run. Uh, but they don't. She goes and yeets the officer off of him and uh, he goes flying and then when they try and like pin him down and arrest him again she goes no please and she prays and a bolt of lightning comes down from the sky and hits a truck nearby and that explodes and obviously the police officers then go and run to deal with that situation so the trio escape and um, they end up getting to this love hotel it's the only place that'll accept them for the night and they end up having like a kind of a nice night together. They eat some good food, have a good bath, do some karaoke. And then after the youngest, the younger brother, Nagi, goes to sleep, the two of them are sitting on the bed and Haruka had actually bought previously a ring for Hina because it is her 18th birthday. Speaking um, of buying this ring, did you notice who he bought the ring from? Is that her? It was Mitsuha from the first film. And not only that, she was wearing the exact same outfit that she was wearing whenever she ran into Taki at the end of Your Name. So it could have been that very day. Well, except for the, fact the that timelines it was are like, it's really wonky what happens with the timelines. And even uh, Makoto Shinkai said in an interview, because if you went to go see this film in theaters, you got an exclusive interview with Shinkai at the end. And he's talking about how like he doesn't care that his timelines are warped or what sort of multiverse theory there is out there about his films. But so technically the ending of Your Name took place in 20... I think 2024 mm-hmm. and the ending of this film takes place in 2023. Right. So the climax of where we're at now is technically taking place next year for us or 2021. Mm-hmm. So funny roundabout Stranger storytelling. Have happened. I, yeah. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Tokyo decides to flood itself. Um, I mean, right. It I mean, is an after, island. after murder hornets, after pandemic, after possible World War Three this year, I, I don't think anything's going to surprise us anymore. Honestly, though, like, do you get the feeling that somebody is going back in time and trying to fix shit? Yeah, butterfly effect. I'm actually wearing a t-shirt covered in butterflies right now. What do you know? Speaking of butterflies, re-zero. You need to watch it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, The three of them end up taking shelter, and while they're in shelter, he manages to give her her birthday present and says, you know, happy 18th birthday. And he prays to God, saying, "Um, I'm okay with what we have right now. Like, we don't need anything more than this. Just the three of us together will be fine. We don't need anything, anything else. Please don't take anything from us. Don't give us anything else. Just leave us as we are. This is fine. And she ends up asking him, and she she tells him uh, that while she was doing one of her sunshine jobs, the girl who was working for the editing company, who was actually really interested in in all of the editing, uh, in, in the sunshine girl stuff, and she's like the only one that actually has any belief in it to start with, she was saying that um, sunshine girl is a sacrifice. Every now and then you have to sacrifice a girl to the gods to for the weather to remain as we want it. And Haraka is like, okay, yeah, but that's bull. Like, load off, right? And um, and she goes, but no, it, it's not actually. And she disrobes and 
her body is turned translucent and is like water, basically, in sections, uh, which is where I was talking about the, the body paint cosplay would be so sick to do because her body is translucent. And so he's stunned and they hold each other and cry and it's adorable and sad and so many emotions. And they lie down to go to sleep and as they lie down, she asks him, are you fine with this rain? Do you want the rain to go? And he says, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want the rain to stop. When they wake up in the morning, she is gone. She is no longer there. And the police are knocking at the door of this motel. Uh, Nagi is like, what is going on? Where is my sister? And Tanaka is panicking because she's just gone. The police arrest him and they take uh, Nagi into custody and into like social services. And they take him down to the police station, Hodaka down to the police station. Why is it police station? These police officers are, I don't know if they just expected him to be chill or whatever, but they didn't handcuff him. They didn't guard him or whatever. They were just like, hey, go into that room. And he's like, nah, thanks. And just runs away out of the building. Just leaves. Just like, I'm chill. Like, it's cool. They try and chase him, but they're not very fast. And all of these other police officers, like, there are other people. Like, he runs past, like, four police officers and they're yelling, stop him. And these police officers just, like, watch as he runs by. Just like, eh, not my job. I'm on desk duty. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not getting paid enough for that. Um, yeah, it kind of, like, breaks your immersion a little bit with that, yeah. too. Because you're just like, these cops suck. <laughs> They don't care. They are like, I am not getting paid for this. Like, I am on lunch break, mate. Like, I am not chasing that kid. And these detectives and other officers are like running past like, stop him. And they're just like, nah, I'm cool. And so he runs through the streets. And as he's running through the streets, he's he's screaming for her. He's like, Hina, Hina, where are you? I've got to find you. I know where you are. I can get to you. I'm going to save you. I know you've sacrificed yourself. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And he's running. As he's running, he's getting chased. He tries to get a bicycle. Bicycle's trained. Can't get a bicycle. He keeps running. He keeps running. And he runs into the girl from the office. I don't actually remember her name. Do you have her name written down? Natsumi. Natsumi. Okay. So he runs into her and she is driving on her little scooter. And she's like, hey, what are you up to? And he's like, I need to get her back. I need to save her. And she's like, okay, hop on the back. We're going to go for a ride. And she like fast and furious is this bitch. Like car chase. But the other guys are on legs. Um, and, and she's on a scooter and she like, they, they do eventually get in cars and they start chasing. She's going down staircases. She's like going off train tracks. She is like, she's like, I was meant for this. This is the excitement I needed in my boring ass life. And I'm like, queen, love you. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so she ends up driving a scooter into a, into like basically a, a river now that was one of the streets. And she's like, go for it, mate. And he hops a fence and he's on the train tracks and he is running. And when I say that this boy, he marathoned this, like he was running for forever. I was getting exhausted just watching. So she drives into a river and he hops a fence and he's running through these train tracks. And when I say this boy can run, he was running for so long. I was getting exhausted just watching because like he was running for a long ass time down them tracks, like miles. And everyone's just like, hey, you shouldn't be running on those tracks. And he's like, still running. And these other people are like, you're going to get arrested for running on these tracks. And he's just still running. And all these train workers are like, eh, it's cool. I'll have in my notes. It's like, <laughs> this past, boy like, can run. Like, I need yeah, his he stamina. Yeah, he throws Holy it. shit. Yeah, he does. Like, he literally yeah. runs across Tokyo. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite thing is the train workers that are like, hey, kid, you can't be on the track. Yeah, they don't try to and stop him. And he just him. ignores like, them. Just, like, running. And they're just, 
Yeah, he's just still running. And none of the trains are running. Like, they're, they're not active because of the amount of flooding and stuff. And all the transportation's been yeah, shut down. Yeah, because there's some, like... So it's not like he's in any... There's some news reports before this. Like, as he's being escorted out of the hotel, like, you get news reportings in the background of everything going on in the world. They're like, it's going to take two months mm-hmm. for the trams and everything to be restored. So that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they're like, hey, it's dangerous, kid. And then they just let him be. Um, <laughs> minding their own. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so he, he's running and he's trying to get to the shrine that she brought him to at the very beginning. Cause he thinks that that is where it all connected. That's where it all started. Um, because it turns out that her mum had actually passed away. As mentioned a little bit earlier, I forgot to bring up. And the reason why she went to that shrine is because she was, uh, asking for just one more day in the sun to be able to hold her mum's hand um in the sun together before her mum passed away um and so that's why when the sun kind of shone on that shrine she was attracted to go there and then wished with her entire entire being for it to be a sunny day and that's when she was connected to the weather um and so haraka knows this story and he knows that that's where it all began for her and that's where it all began for the two of them and so he says if I'm going to get her back from her sacrificing herself to the weather, that is where I'm going to have to go to get her back. So he goes to this building and for some reason, Suga is there and Suga-sen is there, the guy who who took him in. And I don't actually know how he even know that that's where he was going to be. Maybe, I guess he told him because of the article, but I don't Well, I think his, uh, uh, like, because before this, the older detective goes and visits uh, Mr. Suga him. And but before that, you see a scene of Mr. Suga and his daughter on the phone, and his daughter says that she had a dream about Hina mm. that night. And whenever mm-hmm. that happens, as he's sitting there, it flashes just for a second of the building with the shrine on top of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he also had the same dream, and that was the image that popped in his head. Like it doesn't explain it, but I think that's really the only connection because it talks about how yeah. that night everybody that was connected with Hina had a dream. All had that same dream. I don't dream. know if it was all the same mm-hmm. dream, but they all dreamed well, of her. And so it's just yeah. like, that's a really weird connection, but I like it. Like I like, there's so much little connecting pieces in this that are just, oh, it's so good. Yeah, absolutely. And so he goes to the shrine and as he gets there, Suga is there and Suga is tries to stop him from going to the top of the building um, and uh, says, look, if you just turn yourself into the police right now, it'll be fine. You can go back to normal. And he's going, no, I want to see her. I want to see her. Um, and and he's like, no, you can't. I'm going to take you to the police station. Like, we're going to get this sorted. You'll be fine. He's like, no, I have to get to the top of the shrine. He's fighting and fighting and fighting. And it takes so long that the police will kind of gather around the building and they storm him. And he's pulled a gun. He's pulled the gun on Suga now. And um, he's uh, terrified and so upset and distraught. And the police officers end up, uh, you know, taking him down and, and trying to, getting the gun away from him and pinning him. And Suga just sees this whole mess and he hears him say, I just want to see her one more time. And which reminds him of his late wife. And he also yeets the police officer off of him, just body slams two of them off of him. And Hanoka takes this opportunity to jump onto the uh, escape 
stairs, the fire exit stairs. The land of the stairs, like the stairs almost fall through, like get destroyed. He runs up to the top of the building and gets through the shrine. And when he gets through the shrine, he's transported up into the world that we saw above the clouds in the sky. And where he meets her again and she's half translucent, half not crying in a field of grass and he says jump and she jumps and this is a pet peeve of mine that bugged me about the film he's got one handcuff on his hand right the other one's loose but he's got one cuff on from where the police officers got him and he's trying to hold on to her hands and she they're falling through the sky at a rapid rate and she keeps getting like they slips hand and he gets her a hold of her again and she slips out and i'm like just put that handcuff around her wrist mate well, here's the thing, though, because they keep coming apart at times. So could you imagine if he put that handcuff on her and, like, somebody's shoulder gets pulled out of socket? I mean, come on now. I know, but I still would have done it without thinking about it. And I was yelling at him to do that. I was like... Put yeah, but it's on. like, there's potential for injury there. Like, you can't, like, no. I wouldn't have thought of that in the moment, though. I'd have just thought, I need you by my side, so I'm going to cuff you to me. And then, sorry, you don't have an arm anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought of Selfish. it. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I would have just thought they need to be next to me. I need to strap them to me. I have a handcuff around my wrist. That's that would have been my entire thought process. <laughs> but anyways, apparently he's smarter than me. And didn't consider that. <laughs> no, no, because um, the thought crossed my mind whenever I watched it in theaters. But I sat down to talk about. It, I was like, no, big brain. Because, like you said, like what if their arm did come off? Then you have to live with the guilt of somebody having their arm ripped off. Like, not only did you doom the world, but now their arm's off. Like you went through all that trouble to save them, and then their arm's off. Or what if your arm came off? How would you feel then? Handy. <laughs> oh. So, anyways, um, they end up, uh, they end up on the top of this building. And I, it kind of flashes forward three years here. I don't know. It's not, like, properly linear. Well, he talks um, about it because he's like, we got arrested. I got put on probation. I couldn't leave. Like, I couldn't leave the island. For three years. Yeah, like, until he turned 18 and graduated. Mm-hmm. And we also find out that she was actually 15. Forgot to mention that. She's not 18. She's 15. He finds that out in the back of the cop car going to the police station. That, yeah, she's, she's 15. Um, and... Yeah, so they end up, he gets her back, but as, because she wasn't sacrificed to the gods, the weather continues to wreak havoc, and Tokyo is ending up drowning, basically drowning. It's sinking because of the the amount of rain. And yeah, so he never actually got chance to see her again after that. They were both unconscious when they fell back from the sky. He never got chance to see her, and he has the ring that he gave her. Um, and her necklace broke, the necklace that you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So you did catch that little bit. I I did catch that her necklace was okay. broken. Um, and then, yeah, so so he then finally gets to go back to Tokyo. He almost gets a love confession from somebody else. Uh, <laughs> and he yeah, he always gets to, he get, gets to go back to Tokyo. He hops the boat as soon as his probation is over after um, after three years. And he kind of reunites with everyone else first. And they tell him, just go see her, you... And I don't actually know if that's a word that I'm allowed to say on this podcast, so best cut that out. <laughs> um, I don't really know what it means anymore, but I'm learning that certain British slang that I learned when I was little is not PC. So, because, like, I, I never learned what it meant. I just learned that people said it because I was so young. And what did she say it was? I don't know what it means. I It means stupid, but, like, I don't know if it's associated with something not good. <laughs> 
Anyways, uh, so they say, uh, they say, just go see her. And he ends up doing so. And she's standing there at the top of the hill. And he sees her and he calls out to her. And she turns to face him and her hood falls down and her hair falls free. And she runs to him and hugs him. And they spin around in a cute little happy romance moment. And that's the end. It's the end of the So film. good. <laughs> so good. So, so good. Okay, so theories. So what if... Hina's mother was also a sunshine maiden. Mm. And so that's why, like, her mother had that same uh, wristband. But before her mother passed away, she went through the shrine and she became a sunshine maiden herself. Because mm. obviously the rain cleared up. On. And then it started downpouring again after she yeah. herself became the shrine maiden. Because whenever they talked to the old man had uh like the old man talked about how every village had their own sunshine girl or weather maiden so it just kind of mm-hmm. got passed down from mother to daughter because daughter was dumb and walked through a shrine arch mm-hmm. but and so whenever she like came through the clouds with hodaka like the reason the necklace broke is because she kind of broke the cycle maybe I don't know. Mm. Like, I looked at that as I was, like, being symbolic of her, like, breaking free from her fate. Yeah, I did. I did see. I think that is kind of some sort of symbolism. I'm not sure how it ties with her mother, though, because if all weather girls' sacrifices are them living up in the clouds alone, um, which is horrible. It's a horrible fate. Um, she died in a hospital bed. And I don't know if that's just... Like, they can be sacrificed in multiple ways. But yeah, I thought that it was different. Mm-hmm. And also, let's talk about the choice that Hodaka made for a minute. Like, this dude mm-hmm. literally chose the fate of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Like, he chose love over the fate of an entire island. Like, there's no telling how many people died. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of thoughts that go into this. But that's like... How many billions of dollars in damages. Yeah, but... The entire city of Tokyo is now flooded. Yeah, but yet whenever they cut back to it, like, people have obviously adapted and moved on from it. But it's such a weird thought to sit back and think of, like, it's it's definitely a moral choice. And it's interesting to think of what people would actually choose had they been in that situation. Like, would mm. you choose... Especially as young as they Yeah, are. like, would you choose the fate of the world or, you know, your home country over a person? Like, would you be selfish enough to choose, like, your love over, like, the lives of thousands to hundreds of thousands to millions of people? So it's mm. an interesting thought, and I think that it was very interestingly portrayed, but also, I feel like if people sit down and think of it rationally, like, people just think, oh, you know, I you know, would sacrifice, you know, a person, especially since they, like, since Hina made the conscious choice to go. Like, why would you go against those Mm. wishes to have all that back? Mm. But it's interesting that they chose, or that Shinkai chose that ending to that story. Well, I don't think that, I mean, obviously he wasn't thinking rationally, rationally at all by that point in the story. I don't, I don't think that you would consider it really, like, the fate of other people. I think you would just think about, you in that moment you just think about her Mm. because you're so emotionally disconnected from everything else you wouldn't consider the lives of other people because it wouldn't even occur to you that other people exist in that Mm. moment well also to him too like hina and nagi were really all that he had because Mm. suga turned his back on him natsumi 
like did what she could to help him, but she like was focused on other things. So really, Hina mm. was all that he had. So that was kind of like, of course, to him, that was the obvious choice to make. But still, mm. that's crazy to just sit down and think about like as a whole, like what that would mean had yeah. you been in those shoes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So overall thoughts, grades, etc. Ooh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. I don't think it re- reaches a full ten out of ten. I don't think I've actually given anything a full ten out of ten so far on this podcast. Nope. I think I've said, "Oh my god, that's a ten out of ten, and then later redacted it and been like, "Okay, you no," know, but realistically, I was just excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are a couple of things in here, and like I said, I did find that moving uh, the the drone footage. I did find it slightly jarring. It did take me out of the watching experience. And the police officers not interacting with him as he's running through also took me out of the watching experience. And yeah, there are a couple of other little things that are just teeny tiny little things like that that just stop it from being a 10 out of 10 for me. But I do absolutely think this is my favourite of his films so far. And I really like how it is a little bit more like, I don't know, there's a little bit more action packed, a little bit more like action based with the car chase and gunfights and stuff. That was cool. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. What about you? So animation and soundtrack, like I said, are both 10 out of 10. Like to me, like although that drone footage was jarring, quote unquote, it was still uh, words. Um, incredible. It was absolutely incredible. But not only that, it was innovative to the point to where it was jarring. So I can't mm. take points off of that by any means. The soundtrack suited every single bit like it was on par with your name and especially your line april about how like the soundtrack only added to it it never Mm -hmm. like took away from it or anything at all so definitely 10 out of 10 little story moments that kind of like pull you out of it here there that kind of knock the grade back a little bit but nine and a half out of ten like solid masterful piece of work Mm -hmm. but yeah, without a doubt, like, I struggled over whether this one was going to overtake your name in my mind as, like, my favorite anime film of all time. So it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely incredible. I'm definitely glad that you enjoyed this. Mm-hmm, I really did. So, overall, like, it was a really good experience. It was, absolutely. But, so, next week's topic. Are you excited? Have I sent you the trailer I, for what we're covering next week? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, for some reason, I guess I decided to make August the month for romance films. <laughs> <laughs> but Roger Wave is an interesting take on it, if it's the film that I'm thinking of. I can't, right, okay. I'm not 100% certain if it's the one that I'm thinking of, because there was a lot of films coming out at the same time that I saw previews of. So I don't want to give a description on it and be wrong. <laughs> So, I don't know. Maybe future me needs to edit in an actual description here. (laughs) Or just cut out this whole section. I don't know. (laughs) But, anyway. Next week, Ride Your Wave. I am... I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. The art style on it, if it's what I'm thinking of, is different than what we're used to looking at and covering. So, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be a good time. I hope you Mm -hmm. enjoy it. I've been looking forward to it. I haven't seen it. I had a chance to go see it in theaters, but since I was living in the middle of bumfuck nowhere in Georgia, like, <laughs> there's, there was no way in hell I was going to see it there, and I wasn't going to come back to Chattanooga to watch something that was, um, that wasn't like some huge anime title. But mm. I think it'd be good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. But then, outside of that, 
I think that's everything. Unless Me there's too. something else I that you want to add. Else? No, I have none. Yata! So! Yata! You can find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender Monday through Saturday at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. Streaming anything from Minecraft to art to Spyro on Tuesdays from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Mm-hmm. You can also find her on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender mm-hmm. STM. Mm-hmm. And TikTok as well. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm down with the kids. You are um. definitely hip and cool, yo. Um, I'm totally rad, dude. Yes. And she also has so a rad. YouTube channel where she uploads uh, all of her yeah. art videos and turns them into speed sketches. And they are yes. really cool to sit back and watch. Are you going to do any of your paintings on there as well instead of just turning them into TikToks? I... Ha- oh, the ones that I did on stream, I'm going to upload there. Um, the ones that I have turned into my turned into TikToks, I probably am not going to, purely because they are vertically filmed as opposed to horizontally filmed, and uh, that would be frustrating to watch on YouTube. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that wouldn't translate well to people like me who like to cast their YouTube videos up on TVs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, some will, some won't. If you want to see pretty much all of my art content, that's going to be on TikTok. Um, and then select few gets posted on Instagram and uh, on YouTube. If you would like to see slower speed sketches, you can find those on YouTube. Yes. Instead of being cut down to one minute, because yeah. that's going to be super speedy. Especially with your sketches, stuff speedy. that takes you between five to nine hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they get super speedy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And then uh, if you want to find that dude over there, Brad, uh, you can find him. Uh, <laughs> I'm relegated to that dude over there. That dude over there. Uh, <laughs> if you want to find him, he's pretty much only on Instagram these days um, at Brad Carter Gaming. And he also has an Instagram for his cactus uh, at the Adorable Prick. And if you uh, enjoy memes, he also runs our podcast Instagram, where he posts a new, fresh, original content of memes and some ones that he finds on the internet uh, over on our Instagram. And you can also, also find me basically running the Twitter account now as well. I, n- I know, I'm rubbish. <laughs> Look, you're- I'm rubbish. You're not rubbish. You're just giving me all the jobs to do, trying to make me grow and be better as a- social media influencer yeah that's it i'm i i i'm rubbish i'm rubbish i will tweet more and be better at crap Uh, you're gonna be better at crap uh, prunes (laughs) um (laughs) yeah but yeah you're not really on much else right now are you you're just kind of on instagram yeah i'm Spending a lot of time with friends and family. And How dare you? I'm still getting more anime watch than you, fam. That's very true. I, That's very I, true. I'm getting my job done. You are. I'm not. I'm being rubbish. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah, if you want to find Brad, he's, he's over there running the, the shiz. And we also have a website. Uh, if you like 
us <laughs> i don't know why but <laughs> we have a website and do we have some like a bio of, of about us is on there pictures of us if you want to see our ugly mugs and um some uh, other fun stuff some friends podcasts you can actually find the link to james's um books i think on there in in the friends of the show section i'm pretty sure i think so and then also speaking yeah. of friends who also have Podcasts. I will be appearing on Tales of the Phantoms podcast on August 31st. So a few Mondays. I think it's going to be three weeks from when this episode goes live on the following Monday. Yeah, we'll be posting all of the links to it on our socials. So as soon as that comes out, if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you'll you'll see it there. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a YouTube channel where we upload all of our podcasts. The thumbnails on there are top-notch. Like, that's mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about the podcast is just seeing how those thumbnails turn out. Those are legit. <laughs> my favorite thing about the podcast is photographs. I don't like anything to do with the talking. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I said one of. Obviously, uh -huh. obviously, this is my favorite bits, the bullshit banter with you. Essentially, I'm, essentially I'm you're not my bantering. favorite part I've been about so this. Serious I, I don't like my parts time. of this. <laughs> oh, I like your parts. That's all. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. That's going to be clipped. That's fantastic. Oh, um, yes. Oh, definitely. Blackmail for ages. <laughs> oh, God. What have I done? What have I done? Uh, bloody hell. Bloody hell, mate. Okay, yeah, let's go home. I need to go home. I'm home. I need to. I need to go home. I should have taken more water with it. Um. <laughs> oh, that was that was amazing. No, oh, you never live in right. that one down. God, <laughs> God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> I shouldn't acknowledge them. It's because I acknowledge them that they get so much worse. If I just let it be, then it'd be fine. But I don't because my brain automatically goes, shouldn't have said that. And then I have to vocalize that because, of course, I can't keep that in my own gob. Bloody hell. Honestly, though, had you not immediately like thrown yourself into the gutter on that one, I... I was just going to be like, oh, how sweet. But then <laughs> you immediately threw it into the gutter. You did that to yourself. Oh, I need to fish my own self out. Like, bloody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now that Blue is done breaking herself, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, Ride Your Wave will be coming to you on Sunday. So look forward to that. However, that's all we have for this one. And we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.